<laughs> so, all right, uh, let's just get started. So, this is season five, episode two of the Art Fight Podcast. And thank you all for, for being here. And thank you, Sensei Joe, for being here. Yeah, Brian, it's our 50th episode. This is our 50th episode. And so, and I'll go ahead and introduce you. So, this is Natasha Sinyanovich from uh, the famed WPLN newsroom, Nashville Public Radio. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> it's great. Oh I'm my happy God, to be you here. sound so radio. I can't believe this. It's like in my head, and you're like, hi. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's the radio lady. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird that I'm not making an omelet right now. Yeah. You know, or something. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Is that I do. what we usually do? <laughs> no. In the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually when I start eating, but uh, but yeah. So uh, hey, thank you seriously for being here, and uh, thank you for tolerating our our less than uh, optimal studio situation today, which is uh, no air conditioning. And I'm sure public radio has afforded you guys at least climate control, and I think that that's good. Uh, that's right. Public radio should have climate control. We, however, barely deserve even to you know uh, be be in remotely a, a temperate situation mm-hmm. uh so this is this is fine for us uh so thanks for roughing it with us and everything um, i took off my shoes i hope that's okay oh so <laughs> that's something i cannot do You're, when i'm these are like work. the most relaxed guests we've had ever since uh, like since we started the podcast yeah like yeah. nuveen like There's, made a bed out of her chair yeah <laughs> yeah she, she got to the point where she was yeah so well and maybe that's the ticket maybe that maybe the trick is to just have it be 15 degrees hotter than it ever should be and it makes people docile yeah yeah We're perhaps more vulnerable just, you stun them into submission that's right <laughs> that's right so and Natasha I'm uh, you know obviously we're grateful that you're here and everything we would like to tell you a little bit about what we do because uh, um, it's pr- probably a little because we're sure you've never listened to this podcast yeah <laughs> so in general I have now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've figured out that we have no format um, we have we, we don't really do interviews we're not journalists um, and we explore sort of the world of the struggle of sort of creativity and art and parallel that with often the world of martial arts and the, and the creativity that's necessary inside martial arts and, and combat sports, which is a weird, uh, I think it was you that said, when the first time I met you, you said, I explained something along those lines and you said, wow, that's very niche. <laughs> that is super niche, y'all. It was so diplomatic. It was like, yeah. it's like it was kind of like, well, I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Good there's someone yeah. who wanted that. Yeah. So, so you yeah, do but it. I love the idea of. I mean, every, there's so many podcasts that are niche, and I and I think that's great. No, and it really is. I mean, that's that's ultimately like the foundation of I think any any business or new media or anything that happens now is it's is, is instead of solving for the entirety of everything or tr- everything trying to be a monolith it's all about like really solving for a very specific problem or yeah having audience. having a specific yeah. uh you know sort of audience and what's weird for us i think is that our native audience is probably in somewhat contention with itself because we have you know people that are perhaps uh really appreciative of the the art conversations that we have with a lot of the great guests and everything but when we go off on our sort of uh, fight tangents or we have a fighter in here or, you know, somebody like that um, or maybe some MMA media or something like that, that they they probably just turn it off. And that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to think about because we found that, you know, that just like Brian and I, who knew each other through mutual friends and through like the art scene in Nashville and the music scene in Nashville, the creative out and about in mm-hmm. Nashville Brian and I would end up at these events together and and inevitably we'd be like 
you know, off to the side talking about that. Did you see that punch? And that guy got knocked out and da, 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 da. And like, we were like the only two people who were like seriously into this, who were also in that scene. And we were like, how come nobody, cause, cause with the conversation we would have would ultimately be about creativity and evolution of these, these, you know, skill sets and all this kind of stuff. And to me, it was always connected to like the same part of me that's interested in the creative arts and the cultural stuff that we are involved in. But, and and so Brian and I were like, well, if we do this podcast, like we we would just talk about this. This would be the podcast. And the thing that's been really interesting though is that we have met a lot of people like who are absolutely totally devoted to those two things. You know that they're one hundred percent like creative cream of the crop here in Nashville, and you know you know can't imagine a day without going to ju- the jujitsu academy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're not the only ones who feel that way. It's been a really fun journey to realize that there's a lot of people out there who are like, no, oh, man, my my wrestling completely influenced my my video art. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or just anybody doing anything kinetic, you know, informing perhaps philosophically how mm-hmm. they approach maybe more cerebral tasks or you know, it's any number of correlations or, or ways to tie it together and I, I think that um you know like for you specifically natasha i think it's it's you know you probably were wondering like why do you want me to be on your podcast on some level because i'm not really in this kind of particular mold of of what you guys usually bring uh to 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 the audience but you know like we've had you know different sort of media personalities or various people and i'm not saying like you're a media personality that sounds really sort of thin but you know, people that are, re- you know, their their daily struggle is uh, like Robin Black, for instance, who's an, an MMA uh, sort of media person. Uh, he's really into this idea of I'm re- I, I want to reinvent how the language of how these things are analyzed and how they're talked about and raise the sort of consciousness and the, the dialogue to be uh, completely on a different level. And he's had a lot of challenges with respect to, you know, getting work, honestly, because he wants to do what he does and some people love it and some people it's just kind of too far out for them even in the realm where he's very specific you know mm-hmm. and really you know and he was a competitive fighter like he's he fully understands what he's doing and what he's talking about but there's just only a, so much of a market for uh for that because i think some people want just sort of the topical uh sort of things but you know i think then you know what what compels me towards you and and what i think is so interesting is how your your past as i've grown to even understand it to the point i have now and we would like to talk more about is you know you have a lot of background in in creative uh you know um you know film yeah uh, i spent my my life actually in uh, in and around the film industry i was a film reporter a film critic film festival programmer and director assistant director and yeah i've i've spent more time in the arts talking about the arts following the arts than Mm -hmm. uh than hard news yeah is that the term hard news yeah yeah (laughs) i wouldn't think that yeah it's it's so so fitting (laughs) which actually yeah it can be hard um although i i you know i would take exception to that sometimes because i don't uh i don't like the idea of soft news i don't like the idea that arts and culture is soft news yeah Mm. because that uh art and culture define a society and a community and a moment in time as much as politics do micro or macro politics mm-hmm. and even more so i think we talked about this the other day that you know there are more people listening to music than there are voting in this country mm-hmm. you know there are more people yeah. that that uh, absorb some form of art whether that's music whether that's film whether that's theater mm-hmm. whether it's drone photography you know whatever it mm-hmm. is we all partake in it 
Yeah. And I don't think, I personally don't think there's an, any such thing as highbrow or lowbrow art. It's all part of the same spectrum. Well, I think just but the nature of media means that people have to be, uh, or not people, I don't want to say they have to be, but perhaps it's more, it, people have more of an opportunity now than ever to be interdisciplinary and have past experience uh, be bridged somehow to what they're doing now. Uh, because ultimately everything funnels or is passed through some form of media, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, except for, I suppose, well, no, I guess if you were an avocado farmer, like you'd still, you'd still like have some form of media. But anyway, <laughs> but generally speaking, like, you know, it's like, uh, did you I, bring up avocados to taunt me? <laughs> My avocado incident? Oh gosh. No, no, no. So, so um, do, do we do we want to open that up right now or no? Um, so, so I I I think that uh, so I just I find that my my questions for you probably are like somewhat challenging in a way where it's sort of like you know in the in in this kind of constant uh, pursuit of the creative and understanding uh, film and being able to sort of be a prism and an outlet and a reflection of all of that um, to be in a fixed form of hard news. Um, how how does that work for you in terms of uh, does it feel like something's kind of being left or what parts of your past are you do you feel like you're folding into what you're doing now that maybe perhaps help you? Well, I've been a I've been a journalist throughout my entire career, mm-hmm. and that you know the format is the same when you're creating a story. It's the same with regardless of what you're talking about. You have to give people information in a certain way, and if you can create a story around that, even if it's a 25 second story that I'm putting together, you know, for 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 one of my one of my newscasts, it still requires. I mean, there's the you know to put it in the most in the vaguest sense or or in the most general sense, the who, what, why, when, and where, and why is this relevant? Why should you know about this, and how is it connected to something else that's going on? in the world around you, in the immediate world around you, since we don't cover national or international news, right? At PLN, mm-hmm. we're, we're local. I mean, local in the sense of Nashville and Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then the state, and sometimes if the state is on the national stage. But we're, st- we're still, it's, yeah, it's, that is a challenging question. Yeah, well, I mean, I, th- um, I suppose that like, if, if, if any situation where you're, you know, uh, building a story, <clears throat> you're still leveraging your ability to simplify or synthesize or also and you're 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 able to sort of because of your knowledge and experience and awareness you're able to fold in corollary pieces or parallels mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. things that really are up to up to your ideation and your your knowledge to an experience to to make happen and that you know that's what makes you good at what you do versus just telling just the facts uh in this initial sort of like a linear sort of outlay like you're you're weaving things together yeah so it's yeah. still like creative and, and storytelling still, and in a way you understand trying to make you understand hopefully making you understand why this is relevant to you why you should know about this mm-hmm. and you know what what this means and pushing a story forward and what is some issue that's been going on and what is the new sort of update to this issue and that whether whether that is politics or whether that is the film industry it's it's again even that is all part of the same spectrum mm-hmm. well then also what you're doing is, is performative yeah, it's very performative. Yeah, and like, and that's not that's newer for you, right? Like yeah. relative to the, your your trajectory. Yeah, I come from print. Almost everything that I did was print, and then in around around twenty thirteen, late twenty thirteen, 
um, or no, sorry, 2010, 2011, I was getting burned out. I was living in, um, this sounds so terribly, uh, pretend I was living in Rome and I just got burned I was out. Just burned out. I was living in Rome. <laughs> Life was so covering hard. Covering film in Rome. In one of the most beautiful cities in, on the planet. Uh-huh. You know, covering. Do you know, do you, have you ever met Sylvia Bojoli? I have not. <laughs> I reached out to her. She never wrote back to me. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It's a source. See, it's, so now we're unearthing yeah. some, some good stuff here. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a beef. There's an NPR yeah, beef. Yeah, I actually worked as a, um, a fixer, which is what yeah. in Raider World, um, to those. That's like a mafia you know, thing. It's a mafia thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I was the Michael Cohen of uh, <laughs> um, a friend of mine who worked uh, for the BBC World. Um, came to Italy and it was not long after was that 2000 and oh god my, my this is it was a while ago it was a while ago when there <laughs> the uh, bombings in the London underground in the tube and they were talking about how Rome was going to be the next target because it's the seat of Christianity right? mm. um, and he came down to do a couple of stories and I was his fixer his producer and his uh-huh. translator and there I got a taste of well this would be really fun I like radio but the funny thing is that I always loved radio but never thought I had the voice for it. Mm-hmm. I always thought I had this terrible voice and mm. nobody would want to listen to me. Interesting. It's weird hearing you say that when I've heard your voice so much on the radio. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it took yeah, it took a while to get over it. And like I was saying, around 2010, 2011, when I when I was getting burned out, and I just thought, you know I've been doing it for a long time, been covering the film industry, and um, and traveling. And again, I'm going to sound very whiny, traveling to all these film yeah. festivals. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I would I would go to these amazing places and be surrounded by this these amazingly talented people. And I would see my colleagues and I would see other people smiling. Like, what are they smiling about? I'm like, oh, it's not them. It's me. You know, <laughs> like I need to be doing something else. Yeah. Uh, I've done this for a long time. It started feeling very rote. And I was thinking about leaving journalism when somebody stuck a microphone in my hand. Wow. And I started, yeah, it was this um, this online... Uh, internet uh, which is redundant it's this online <laughs> film festival radio station mm-hmm. in now I don't even know how I haven't, I haven't checked it in a while but in multiple languages they could even be up to two dozen they wanted to have a channel for every single EU language official EU language huh. as well as uh, Mandarin as well as Arabic and, wow um, yeah so and I thought this is what I want I don't want to be talking about artists anymore I want to let them talk mm-hmm and I was just doing interviews. And it was so much more fun. And from there, I started thinking, okay, I was slowly, I, I knew that I was gonna move back to the States, I wasn't sure when. And one of the goals of moving back to the US was uh, to get a job for an NPR station in a mid-sized city, in a medium Check. market. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so basically you're like, I just kinda design my life exactly how I want, and then things just work <laughs> out perfectly. No, but. Uh, <laughs> So, well, I think what there's a few things in, inside all that that I think are really interesting. But, but uh, I suppose w- when you say it's this sort of turnabout to say, okay, now I just instead of writing about people, I would like people just to explain themselves in, in their words. But at the same time, and we and we we experienced this like we're not a traditional sort of interview package kind of setup or whatever. But I'm certainly aware of like and we both are right of 
we definitely have things that we really want to like bring to light mm-hmm. or we'll press people on in some way to sort of you know you know hope you know you don't force it but you know you kind of hope that if you drop some seeds that they might pick them up and, and take them in a particular direction because that's what you're most excited about for you know whatever they might have to offer in this particular arena so i guess you know that's a weird kind of a skill set that obviously we're still working on but <laughs> but i suppose you know my um did you realize at that point that wow wow there's actually an entirely other sort of uh side uh craft to this or was it something you already had because of just journalism oh, no. interviews because there's something no, about i did not yeah. i did not have it and yeah. you can ask my my bosses at PLN. <laughs> um i mean i had a great and they'll say it and i said i had a great uh audition as it were because they couldn't decide who among us they wanted um i can't remember what the short list was how long it was but it was fairly long and so they had us put together a two-minute newscast wow and said, you've got a week to put it together. We will send you, uh, you know, you, they, they told me a week ahead of time and then said the day before, I'm going to send you links to stories and, and uh, you're going to put it together and it's going to be two minutes. You're going to end with the time and temperature and, uh, you know, do a little pop of weather, which is which is a buffer, actually. When you hear us do, when you hear Jason and I or anybody do weather, mm-hmm. that is because you're always giving yourself 10 to 15 seconds extra or you're always, you're trying to give yourself 10 or 15 seconds extra so that you build you build in the snafus you build in the gaps uh, if you trip over your words if you yeah. you know take longer i mean i will time everything that i read i've timed it usually twice and then i'll add a couple of seconds three two to three seconds more and i'll write it down because i read everything we read everything from a piece of paper mm-hmm. um not from a screen and uh and yeah, and I prepared I for a week. I didn't leave the house, basically, and uh, I was living in New York at the time. It's between Rome and here. And Again, so sorry. Yeah, in Brooklyn, which was so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, it was kind of hard. I mean, after, yeah. after, New York is just so much more expensive than Rome. It, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a different scale. Mm. Um, but I you know I, I did really well on that and then when I got here they were like okay now though we have some work to do and yeah. when I listen to those first newscasts I I can't actually it's really hard for me to listen to them yeah hey excuse uh, the train uh, we have the doors open so that we can not die while we're doing it's this it's so romantic it's very, yeah. I was gonna say it's very <laughs> I like this yeah yeah it's almost like we're on a train yeah, it is. There's a, a podcast. They're great there. You know, I don't even know if you've, if, you may be aware of the fact that me and Mac have developed these photo essays for mm-hmm. the website there, the Pikes Project. But that all happened because because I've done like probably like five reports for the radio station. Mm-hmm. And I have always found them to be very, uh, again, I was a print guy who was sort of just wandering into doing some radio stuff too. Um, but, but the people at PLN were always very helpful and um, at that time, uh, Anita Bug was the news editor, and she was great at basically like te- just like teaching me everything I could possibly learn in the amount of time I could until I did the next story. And then it's like, okay, now here's the next thing we're going to figure right. out because this is not good. <laughs> but she was, she was. The, I mean, they're they're yeah, very she good. Was, at, she was who hired me, and yeah. she actually she taught me a lot. Really soon after I came on she yeah. was promoted to she's great to vice president of content mm-hmm. um, and then Blake Farmer took over as news director that's right but yeah Anita was my first impact with with radio writing mm-hmm. and it was really like learning a new language yeah it, it truly I mean I likened it in the very beginning to you know when I moved to Italy I had to learn Italian I didn't know it 
and it was very similar to that mm-hmm. it was it was shockingly different mm-hmm. than print. weirdly if you, foreign if, right if you've never <laughs> done it because you think okay I've, you know i've been a journalist forever i'm a published right you know like yeah. I, i'll just read my writing i'll just but, read yeah, my writing yeah. and i would write something and they would tell me have you read this out loud <laughs> like, but, you know, before and i'm like no like do you know and now when intern come interns come in or new new people come in i'm like have you you know maybe write me some copy i'm like have you read this out loud yeah read it and see if you know yeah. like, tell me you what just you realize. think tell yeah. me if you think it sounds good <laughs> right. actually you know you, you have to do that i thought i wasn't quite sure what they meant by that and now it's like yeah there's no way that i'm gonna especially i'm yeah. not gonna read anything live on air that i have not read first and foremost after writing it you know a couple of it's, times yeah, it's, it's completely it's a whole weird thing when you're writing something that someone's going to sit down and read with their eyes quietly versus something that they're going to be driving in a car mm-hmm. listening to with no with and can't see anything you know right. what i mean that's that's part of and the they're big probably problem not even going to hear the first you know the beginning of it the first however many seconds yeah, until you, you grab them with something is that yeah. why you guys always say blah 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 with the beginning <laughs> yeah, of everything exactly. <laughs> Blah, blah, I blah. noticed. I noticed. Blah, blah, blah. With NPR News, blah, blah, blah. Natasha's yard, blah, blah, blah. blah 84 blah, degrees. Blah. <laughs> 84 degrees. It well, looks like rain. Yeah, so I guess when you're writing. Bob for, August. <laughs> when you're yeah. writing for radio, you're, 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 you're not uh, able to get, a, you know, you do all these sort of tricks you would do in, in your written word, right? Like, it is so, Like no. this is some cool alliteration or this is, yeah, like that's not good. That's you really way too have many to get F's. to the essence. Yeah, you have, like, yeah, apart from that, there, there are some times and 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 uh i won't name names but one of the reporters would have a lot of consonants like not a little you know i was like i i can't there's no way that i can read you know that six letters or six words out of a 10 word sentence can have that can all start with s like this needs to change because i'm either going to trip up on it or it's going to sound it's going to sound snarky it's going to sound like you know and and also like the copy that we do get or if there, there are things that um that we are reading from from what other reporters have written, we will also rewrite to match our style, our cadence, mm-hmm. our speech. And I know that in the bigger station, you know, the NPR, NPR when they have uh, interns and people writing for them, they're told, or for all things considered, a morning edition when they have people writing for them, this host speaks like this. Their cadence is da da da. So you have to write like this, and you have to write. Wow, that's we really don't interesting. Have that luxury. <laughs> yeah. So, so what it was? I wonder what one that's of those. That's my dream to have a minion write for me. Yeah, <laughs> match my voice. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, what, what, is, what does that brief look like? You know what I mean? What, what is the anatomy? How do? What is the? What is? How do you do the taxonomy and sort of the the breakdown of someone's voice in such a way that you can communicate it to a writer to say this is what you're working, this is what you're writing to. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, mean, I yeah, guess we just have to just listen have to, to yeah, you. Yeah, you listen. You listen yeah. over and over again. And you would, you know, I, I don't think it would take you that long to pick up on it. Though it's hard because I can't imagine, I myself can't imagine writing for someone else's voice. I can't imagine writing to someone else's style, but I've never done it. So maybe, maybe it would, you know, maybe, maybe in a relatively short amount of time, I'd that's what I think is cool too, because there's so many, there's there's uh, when you're writing, you're writing, and you're, you know people talk about your own quote unquote voice, and people are usually talking about sort of your, you know, your essence or whatever it is that you want to communicate. But you're literally having to write to your own. You're writing in your own voice to write in, to, to speak in your own voice. Yeah. And but to do something that I would not normally say, like, yeah, it's, it's my own voice yeah. in heavy quotes, because yeah. I don't talk like that. If I'm going to tell you, if I'm just going to recount to you, oh, there's this thing that's going on in the city council, and the metro council, yeah. I'm not going to say it to you the way that I would say it on air. By, yeah. by, by the way, you can drop the accent now, or the lack of accent. <laughs> we, we all know you talk like yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing it. wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Dude. Dude. Natasha saying y'all bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, this this strange draw comes out. I hear myself say that. Yeah, it happens. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not it's not an approximation of a Nashville accent or a Tennessee accent. I don't know. Well, I lived in Virginia for a long time growing up. The longest mm. I lived oh. anywhere growing up before I moved to Rome was um, in Blacksburg, Virginia. Oh, okay. And when I left there, I uh, when I moved to Seattle, and I'd get really tired. Yeah, yeah. my friends there. You know, yeah. like what? What'd you say? Yeah, you know? yeah. That it does. It comes out when people tired? get tired or when they get drunk. Like all of a sudden, yeah. you realize. I wasn't gonna say that, oh, but yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> your sophisticated <laughs> lawyer friend grew up in Alabama, and like she doesn't have an accent, but then she does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I'm hungry. I want some food, and they're like, "How many? Oh man, I'm how tired. many syllables? <laughs> how many yeah. O's there? Yeah, yes. I I really do appreciate though, like. uh that you're having to you're having to modulate all you're having it's it's really overlooked this is uh, you're oh, people that are doing what you're doing there's so much behind it that is just not what's, what's great is it seems effortless and it comes across as just sort of just order of the day i'm just going about what i'm doing and man right, there's that's so how, much that's how it's supposed to seem but it's not i yeah. mean I, I think sometimes people and jason and i jason moon wilkins will will uh joke about how i you know, some people just seem to think we walk into the control room and just like pick up some piece of paper that we found on the floor and be like, "Oh, I'll read this." You know, yeah. mm-hmm. there's, there's so much work that goes into that goes into crafting that because truly, a lot of the stories in the newscasts are the goal is to really not have them be more than 30, 35 seconds long. Yeah, it's grueling. It's grueling. And how do you how do you convey so you really have to get to the essence of something? You really have to get to a nugget. And even like on the simplest level, one of the first lessons I had to learn, you know, in print, you give everybody's full name. There are 15 titles. If they're yeah. a professor at Vanderbilt and also the head of something at the medical yeah. center yeah. and also and like, a dean and you're Bob like, Bob no. did something. You're like, Bob Smith of Vanderbilt. That's it. And you can't have many, even in a five minute feature, you can't have many voices because people just can't keep that all yeah. in their heads because like you said, most of the time they're listening when they're driving. Right. And yeah. you know, you can have four characters, let's say, you know, four yeah. subjects, four people. And that's a lot. Five is already, yeah, four is a lot. Five is already like, no, wait, too. and I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, I've got out there like, no, half of these people have to go. Yeah. Like, no, but no, but yeah. like, these two people sound the same. I have no idea which is which yeah. at this point. Well, the other, the other <laughs> challenge that I've talked to you some about, um, you know, that I I think is really interesting to hear you articulate uh, is, you know, I mean, the news is usually kind of awful, right? Or str- uh, um, painful or tragic yeah. or frustrating or whatever right the, the news is something that people increasingly by the way side note the, the value of good storytelling in the news is the only thing that will solve this sort of uh um apathy food that everybody else is spitting out you know because when it's just polemics it it just like I, i'm sure i'm not alone but i i i try not to pay attention like i can't mm-hmm. It's just as a survival skill, like you right, know. or when it's just talking heads. When you've got a lot of talking yeah. heads just punditizing on mm-hmm. some subject, yeah. Like, well, what's what's the story? That's not that's yeah. not really giving me. It sounds like it's giving me all the compl- complexities and the nuances, but it's not. Yeah, often. Yeah. No. So, so I guess my my question that I've kind of brought up to you before a little bit, but you know, how do you as because you're you know, and this is part of why we wanted to have you on. We we wanted to make sure that you were actually a human being and not just a voice <laughs> on the radio. Uh, and so now you're sitting here, so we can confirm that you know she's real. We confirm. Uh, and so as a genuine, with all my hair and makeup people yeah, and, right, right, right. and the entourage yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, we don't have makeup people <laughs> yeah. and, and with just the idea that you know it, it must 
like what are your skills that you use to um you know compartmentalize or to um remain objective in the face of things that are absolutely horrific you know or really ugly well it, it's it's hard part of it is you know i did a little bit of theater i did more studying of theater than mm-hmm. than actual performing um <laughs> a lot of it is when you're on you're on right when you have to be on you're thinking i'm thinking about I need to deliver this. I need to get through these however many pieces of copy. I need to keep an eye on the clock, which is, you know, parsed out in seconds. Mm-hmm. And and I really have to, I'm not thinking this, I mean, I'm thinking about what I'm reading because I need to convey what I'm reading. But... There's some disassociative the, piece yeah, of it, right? Yeah, at, at that moment. And that, there, I mean, there was a learning curve to that as well. I remember November of 2016, I'd only been doing this for about six months when um, that awful... Uh, school bus crash in Chattanooga happened Mm -hmm. and I remember not knowing how I was going to get through the first piece of copy on that I'd never done this I'd never talked about something like that they knew immediately that you know there were uh, several little kids Mm -hmm. that had died I mean it was it it, it was heartbreaking and uh, I went into I think a robot not I think I, I know because minutes later we got I can't remember it was a call or an email from a caller uh, from a listener who said um well, you know, um, she sounded like she's talking about a merger between two companies. <laughs> you know, she oh, sounded wow. very cold and disassociated. Wow. And there was a part of me that was like, well, you try and do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's that defense mechanism. I was like, all right, this is a learnable, teachable yeah. moment. You know, I do have to find a way to do this. I can't disassociate. I can't cry while I'm delivering it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I have to, I have to find a way to keep that level of warmth and engagement and also because it is public radio and, you know, and soothe listeners. I mean, it, there's, there's a juggling act of a lot of things that you have to convey at the same mm-hmm. time. And so what it, it doesn't what you, always work, but, you know, the, the goal is that, right? You're, yeah. So what do you think the veil of professionalism that's required, to, you know, I don't, veil, I don't mean that like in an inauthentic sense, but, you know, um, this is a weird observation, but I've always felt this since I was a little kid, you know, whenever I hear the news, I would hear, you know, the newscaster or whoever it is on the radio or TV or whatever, they would say, you know, something horrible happened. And I would always just be puzzled by why don't they say when they've just reported all this, just something along the lines of, we really hope that everybody's okay. Or, you know, it's, it's so, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, when you were talking about like, uh, I can't break down and cry when I'm, you know, uh, telling this, you know, horrible story uh you know breaking the story but in a weird way it's kind of like why not you know like what 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 is it about the notion of professionalism that that means that you have to be so on one hand you know you look at like the walter cronkites right Mm -hmm. or the people that they had if they broke at any point it was a story unto itself right Mm -hmm. because they are charged with being sort of this uh like the kennedy assassination they're they're, Mm -hmm. they're like the steady they're in a position to steady the consciousness of the country, you know, or, right, or whatever. And, right. and so obviously, you know. It's that same thing on a smaller scale. Yeah. I mean, if I break down, it's not going to be a, a, it's not going to be a national story. It's not even going to be a Nashville story, probably. Yeah. But it's, it I'm is I'm not saying same. just lose it, but yeah. No, no, I, no, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> you know, part of that, <laughs> um, part, I mean, to answer that question, I'm partly on your side because I don't, Sometimes I do think a veil of professionalism is just that, a veil, and it's not necessarily necessary. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, 
it may even be doing a disservice mm-hmm. to delivering the news. On the other hand, there is that sense of being a rut, you know, like be, being just really steady, having mm-hmm. the steady voice. And it also, that also plays into what you're saying about objectivity. It's not the same thing to emote and to remain factually objective. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you keep that even keel throughout, I think it's, I think it's better ultimately. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I, I mean, I've I've had people tell me, oh, I know, you know, when you deliver this this piece, where I heard you t- talking about this or that, I can tell what you're thinking. But I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think because you're projecting, but you don't necessarily. I'm thinking, where's my minion <laughs> yeah. with my yeah. coffee? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm really hungry. And, you know, those mics are really, really strong. <laughs> Did they pick up? One of the first things they told me was eat before you get on air. Mm. You know, eat before you start your shift because those mics are going to pick up stomach growling. Uh. Um. So yeah, there there is the sense of to me at least what i've what i've really learned and come to appreciate is the other side of that is is be constant to be constant and to so that people can rely on me to present the news to them mm. you're a shepherd of information in the yeah. same way that you know and, and like you know we all had moments or you know times where when you're a kid and something really horrible is going on and your parents are like everything's just fine mm-hmm. <laughs> this is happening but it's under control or you know I'm not saying you should, you know, lie, you know, and I'm clearly you're not going to do that. But, I, you know, just the tonality right. of that, you know, just sort of I'm in this position where if I freak out, then everybody's going to freak out mm-hmm. or it could right. just, it could create some other sort of um, reaction that's not uh, healthy or, or best for, for all of us. Right. So right. we're all counting on you. Uh, <laughs> here in Nashville, you know, but now we're just going to be all sort of, you know, skeptical eyes about it. You know, like she sounds like she kind of wants to. Mm-hmm. I I know what she's thinking. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So so here's the thing. Like, um, we have um, you you are adored and appreciated by very many people. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I I well, here's the thing. I didn't know that. Uh, I just it became clear when we opened the door to have some calls come in to our voicemail and you know when we have somebody that's on it's like hey this is a professional fighter that's about to go fight in a cage (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna go put his life on the line and go fight uh, in in a cage people are like all right (laughs) but we get Natasha in here and it's like gangbusters (laughs) (laughs) so uh so maybe we can start hitting some of these. I, I don't know if we'll be able to get to all of them. Uh, thank you to everybody that called in. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, I think that one of these uh, starts out with, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna go to the one that I just want to make damn sure that Joe is here for because I know that he's, <laughs> he's looking at probably uh, needing to cut out. But um, this is really, I almost thought about opening the podcast with this because I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let the caller say it. This is recorded. It. You can do whatever you want. Later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. Brian doesn't like to edit, though. I don't edit. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, one of our rules. It's sort of like, maybe we just don't have to edit. Yeah, we just, <laughs> we just figured out um, it's better not to care. We're doing the opposite of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, well, we just kind of don't give a shit. <laughs> Whatever. You know? Like, if people don't like it, you know, it's fine. If it makes them mad, that's good. <laughs> yeah, 50 episodes later. <laughs> we ain't changing. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, here's the, here's, here's the first call for you, Natasha. And, and, uh, and I hope that this makes sense to you. Hey, Natasha. Just a quick question. Um, in your years in Nashville, I'm wondering if there's any ever been a story that you've had trouble staying neutral on? Um, anything that's been emotionally charged for you, 
and why? And also, is there anything happening right now in Nashville that you think is unique to us that you're excited about? Thank So I think that the first part we kind of covered a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think but that, that would be the Chattanooga school bus crash. Mm. That was that was really, really hard. And that was, you know, a few days of that. Like I said, I was six months in and, mm. and still very much a newbie. And... Uh, it was it was really difficult and then after that I kept trying to and then I got very self-conscious and kept trying to figure out what's the right tone mm-hmm. to get you know and, and do I and then you know I was afraid of being, being too emotional that would just sound bombastic and mm-hmm. ridiculous and you know how, how do I present this how do I talk about this in a way that that does justice mm-hmm. to this horrifying thing that just happened mm-hmm. and then on the other side what, what are you hearing about in Nashville that you're most excited about Oh my god, my mind just went blank. (laughs) I I, I mean, there are plenty of things. Um, I could tell that you were very excited about, um, for instance, um, what's going on at Oz. Yeah, I think think the growing contemporary art scene here is exciting to me. I mean, that's my background. Yeah. Is, um, Mm -hmm. well, (laughs) I was going to say niche art, niche films, but sadly, because they just become niche as soon as they hit American shores. Mm hmm. Uh, I think we talked about this the other night. It doesn't matter, you know, the biggest blockbuster commercial hit in Japan or France or Italy, as soon as it hits America, it's, it's an, an art, art house film. film. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a spe- you know, you see it in a specialty theater. Y'all have to read this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, at least they subtitle here in Italy. They don't even subtitle. Wow, they really? dub, yeah, 90% of movie oh, theaters. everyone Like in the big cities, you'll find a couple of screens here and there, a couple mm. of movie theaters that will show things with subtitles. So to see, you know, Eddie Murphy speaking with a Neapolitan accent. Wow. <laughs> and this is a digression, but when Italians finally understood why that drove me insane mm-hmm. is when the movie Heat came out mm-hmm. um, with De Niro and Pacino. Yeah. And they had the same dubber. The same <laughs> oh actor dubbed both of them, so they had to change them. And I forget which one they changed. Let's say it was De Niro. I mean, we're like, oh, God, I can't listen to it. Robert De Niro doesn't sound like him. So I'm like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't to begin with. The yeah. actor is their voice. Yeah, yeah, truly, it. truly. Um, and it's also, too, I mean, I feel like when you're watching a foreign film, it's like so you get so much information from their inflection and the like you say the way the actor uses their voice even if you don't understand the language they're using right you, you get so much texture and stuff from the actor's actual voice yeah and and it's it's you know it's, it's weird and distracting to hear the the you know whatever the dubbed version it's because it just it doesn't match and it's all mm-hmm, weird mm-hmm. i think another thing too is like you actually it sounds fake it, yeah. you can, it feels like a plastic yeah coating over a movie. and to the degree that i you know that i know a little bit about this language or that language i think it's kind of interesting sometimes when you're watching you're hearing them say something in french and then you're reading it and you're like it doesn't really say that like it's a better yeah. tra- they should have said this like it's actually this okay, as a, as a translator that yeah. is a pet peeve of mine I can't yeah. even if I'm watching a movie if I'm watching an Italian movie with English subtitles or an English language movie with Italian subtitles uh-huh. or I don't know Serbo Croatian because that's my mother tongue or you know mm-hmm. or uh, and it doesn't match it drives me insane and I actually yeah. know people who subtitle movies and some of those that they didn't be like damn let me tell You're you like you know? this is they, bullshit Paul yeah, they, see me, they see me coming and they're like no 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 just, just you know it's done it's done. the movie's out there in the world it's all done it's all done That's <laughs> yeah, leave us alone well so I want to get uh, a little bit into your your um, your origins and things but I think this next question that um, was really the one I meant to play last time uh, is really important to 
launched that concept here. So let's talk about it. Hi, my name is Michelle Brown. I live and work and create in Nashville. Um, I have a very normal blue-collar day job, and I am a performance artist when I'm not at work. And I have a comment and question for Natasha. I just messed it up. (laughs) Natasha Sinyanovich. I messed it up because I get anxious and also way too excited um, about saying her name. And my comment is that every time I hear her say her name on NPR in the morning when I'm listening, I say it along with her. And I just feel like this is really neat to think about how many other people are doing this with her and it's just a funny little art happening ritual occurring in <laughs> homes all over the city. And that's honestly how I like to really think about it. And I, so my question for her is, um, I love that <laughs> to speak on maybe the art of or lack thereof with her cadence um, on the air and. If she had to work on this or if she has any sort of approach to how she presents herself vocally. Thanks. Bye. I didn't catch that. How I did what vocally? How you present yourself vocally. Oh, how I present myself vocally. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of, not, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I'm blanking on the word, not training necessarily because there wasn't mm. much training <laughs> involved, um, but a lot of work. A lot of work of sounding natural and even recently I did get some training from um, a few sessions with uh, Jessica I'm glad that I'm Simpson Jessica Simpson mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jessica Alba yeah. um, Jessica Beale uh, Jessica Hansen who is the woman who it does the national credits on NPR oh, the gemogram okay. there's two, there are two voices right a man and a woman and Jessica is actually a vocal she teaches everybody across the NPR universe, the public radio universe. Oh, oh. And you have a sensei. Yeah. She's the one. <laughs> and we were, we were reading, we were going through the, the fir- after the second session, she was, I was kind of blocked and she was telling me I didn't really sound, I was too newscastery. And so she's like, let's just do a Natasha read. And she actually had, and I can't, I can't reveal what it was, but it also speaks to that first question, to read a piece of copy and tell people what I thought about it. Like the subject that I was reading about to let my opinions come through. Wow. And then how to scale that back. And actually I thought I was being really obvious, like duh, like you know, yeah. like, this is like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening kind of a thing. She <laughs> mm-hmm. said, no, that's it. That's a Natasha read. That's not a newscaster read. And so to this, even three years down the road, there is so much improvement that can be done all the time uh-huh that's all really interesting it's yeah. a cool like exercise right very much like a weird like actor thing that where you would somehow like connect this character back to yourself for real yeah. and then find a way to like bring that along and now get back to the character you know what i'm saying and she actually had me in one one of the exercises that we did the first time was i would be reading a piece of copy and she would just throw out emotions and i would have to switch joy sadness rage and I would, you know, and it could be like with right. NPR news and that. Sounds like my morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I and I, thank you for all of that. That's not what we want to talk about right now. What we I want do to talk want to say about though, the idea of like this art performance <laughs> happening around. Yes. This is what I want to talk about. That was that was very sweet. That's beautiful. Okay, but I you like have to that. understand. This is okay. My wife 
before we met you, she told me this. She was like, I, I, I love her name and I say it with her when I'm listening to her in the car. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which was my, re- the first time one of the listener came and told me that, I was like, oh, huh. Hadn't even occurred to me that that, you know, and then another person and another, and uh, yeah. So seriously, like that's, that's whatever the stuff of that is, it's got to be like the weird same stuff that people are trying to buy and sell to create viral content. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like this, this intangible, I don't know what the formula or the algorithm is. But for some reason, everybody's clicking on it. Yeah. (laughs) But like, so, so how, and so this is something you've heard. I have that with Fabia Quistartin. Oh. Reporting from Dakar. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and Jason and I actually said we should have a drinking game. Every time he says, Dakar, you can do a shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said a minute ago, like when you were talking about Rome, and I was like that every time I hear Sylvia Bojoli, <laughs> just the way she says it like that, that just sing-song way that she says her name, just every every time I'm just like, oh, there, there she is. Yeah, yeah tell like, me what, what the Pope's up to. What is that? What is that? <laughs> I want to know what the stuff of that is. It's so interesting. Like, is that some weird sort have, of leftover I, monkey stuff that we have, like that we are responding? in these to these cues in these particular ways or is it something about ch- is it seems childlike and it seems something that like uh, is because uh, when, when uh, you know the caller's talking about it when I've heard others talk about it they almost laugh like sort of sheepishly like like they're semi-embarrassed yeah people people when they tell me that they're embarrassed but they feel the need to tell me like yeah. <laughs> they have the, I I don't know I mean especially in terms of mine I don't know I, I did not expect that, that was not something that I ever even remotely entertained as a possibility of a possibility yeah. I just didn't think that that so then now like with every you know bit comic or anybody that does anything that kind of gets something out into the the consciousness like this now you're faced with how do you handle this success right how do you handle this the this, throngs the, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> in what, front of my yeah. house the yeah, paparazzi exactly. right, yeah. <laughs> like how you know so because you can't change, right? You can't evolve what you're doing. You gotta say your name the same way you've been saying your name, right? But when well, you're, sp- but are I... you mindful of it? Are you a, like? Are, do you ever have like the duality in your brain when you're yeah. actually on the radio, where you're like, right now, a bunch of weirdos that are great people are <laughs> just reciting just, my name. You like next time you're like, just as you're about to say, you should like just pause for a second. Like everybody else will say it. Yeah. Then say it. Psych, psych, This is. <laughs> do, do you think that your superiors would find it odd if all of a sudden you started so you introducing you're like and this is three two one <laughs> Natasha yeah. and then one <laughs> you could do a contest where you have like listeners call in and say your name and see who does the best job ooh that's a great oh, idea yeah never thought of that. Uh, guys I'm gonna bail okay so it's good to see you thanks for having thanks yeah. for having me on the yeah, air yeah. again Brian it's good to see you yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you we'll Joe. see you later yeah we did we did two today so uh have a good night all right you too good to see you. bye all right so i have i have another call here that um i have so many that but were really one, good one thing i yeah, do yeah, want to yeah. say that when it started happening i was really sad so my last grandparent um because i'm you know public radio person i have to make something sad <laughs> yes <laughs> you're right. it, but no give us the deep driveway moment despairing uh <laughs> no, sort of it's not that sad it's, moment of despair hopefully it's more sweet it's okay. sweeter more than this sad um the so my gra- that my that my last name is from my father's family, um, is from the Croatian side, and my grandfather passed away in two thousand five. He was the last of my grandparents, and uh, I'm always 
every once in a while I just get sad that he's not around to know that his last name oh, yeah. means something on the other side of the world. Because the Sinyanovich family goes back hundreds of years where he's from, where, where that side of my family is from. He was mayor of that city in Croatia, but he was a he was a parliamentarian later. I mean, he so one of my okay, father's so cousins my father's a well-known physicist but in that city yeah. that name has resonance and you tell people Sinyanovich you're like oh okay because it's just one of the you know it's not a big city it's 200,000 people it's it's an ancient city and it's one of you know it's a family like I said that goes back uh-huh. really far that has really deep roots there so the fact that that name has resonance it you know yeah. arbitrarily yeah. on the other side of the world well you know what thanks uh, for tripling down on the significance of your <laughs> name uh, because now people are going to have even another layer of absolute meaning and joy to take in saying your name but it, I, I do find it like just it's if you just really just stand back and look at it I just feel like if some if that happened to me uh, happened to me like happened for me um, I would I feel like I would freak out or something, but you're made of steel. You're made of something that I'm not well, made when of. When I introduce myself, I don't tell people my last name usually. Really? Yeah. I, well, part of it, because it feels very pretentious to say, hey, <laughs> hi. You know, if it's, if, I mean, depending uh-huh. on if it's a professional setting and I need to explain who I am, or then yeah, I will. But if it's a, you know, semi kind of, or even like, at you know, at a party, yeah, yeah. I'll just say, yeah, Natasha. And then uh, people ask me what I do and I say I work in public radio. And then there's that, oh, yeah. If they listen, there's that. Oh, that that Natasha. You know, such a strange thing to to have any kind of being known, but just for your your voice, and then yeah, like walking through life and having that. Uh, like for me, it's easy. Like because I, I don't do radio, I don't even do podcasts particularly well, but we enjoy it. So shut uh, up. <laughs> no, but it, but it's also like uh, I, I I hate like how do do you? Uh, here's a question. Um, do you how do you feel about being on camera? And does that like become like sort of the fourth dimension or like another circle of hell for you? Or is it something where it's like, no, this is kind of the same? Um, no, because it's so much more intimate and easier from that perspective being on radio. I don't. And I'm also horribly unphotogenic and non-telegenic. And it's one of those things where I would tell people, yeah, I'm not photogenic. And I was like, oh, everybody says that. And then even friends take a picture of me and they're like, huh, this is, you're I, right. I have the exact same problem. <laughs> Like I just absolutely there are maybe two people in the world who have taken pictures and been like oh that's what I feel I look like <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like wow that was an eclipse of a moment that's not how did right. you do that yeah. <laughs> no you're you're plenty photogenic I'm sure uh, no 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 try like <laughs> a thousand exposures no but it's, it is it, it's, it's, I'm it, not fishing for a compliment like I actually no, like, I, 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 I've, I I've come to terms with that in life that's not a, well but the thing is, is it has no measure of uh, anyone's sort of attractiveness because uh, I mean somehow you know I have a, a wife who says that I'm handsome and you know I just have to believe that either she's got re- you know maybe there's, there's an astigmatism that's not <laughs> you know, sort of diagnosed or like whatever it is but I, I, I'm the same like uh, and it's so frustrating because like my sister for instance you can take a picture of her from any angle and she just looks you know uh, amazing so pretty and my then, father's the same way you can take a picture of him and yeah. it's always him there's yeah. always like it, you always it's almost impossible not to capture him yeah so but you even had this problem though like you were saying earlier on with your voice right like that but it is a quick um, i had this problem too even just doing what we're doing but i guess it's just easier to kind of just not 
it's just easier to not give a shit after a minute you know like when you're when well, you're, you get used to the sound of your voice in the beginning it's very odd and you think that's not what I sound like and mm-hmm. then now I'm just like yeah that is that, that you know I've heard myself so many times I play back you yeah. know the newscasts that uh, when I put them on to edit them and put them on to NPR one or Alexa I, I will listen to a newscast several of the newscasts that I do each afternoon as soon as I'm done because I have to go through edit sort of chop off the beginning and end and mm. and upload them soon so it's just a constant yeah you're just in there yeah so, so well I've had you know people tell me I still, you know, although that said I still am not crazy about the sound of my voice like I still yeah 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 Please when I hear myself be, yeah. when I'm just like I, like okay I, I understand now because people have told me that they're you know that they like my voice that it's that it's fine for the radio <laughs> that's good yeah. still in, in, in within me though I'm not 100% convinced well but there's something there's there, whatever's sound is made of and the way that that affects mm-hmm. people's brains and the way that uh, frequencies uh, elicit certain uh, emotional responses or other sort of uh, it can do everything from <laughs> good to sort of fight or flight right um, and, you know but but we have these evolutionary sort of skills or tells or whatever you know and you c- we can infer a lot from someone's voice as to their authenticity or their motivations or um, just whether they're annoying or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or whatever and so you know it's just nice to just try to like not be too much of anything and if you can just kind of be like oh this is just kind of store-bought wheat bread good it's comforting <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I don't get mad at it like you yeah. know like that's good and I'm not saying that's what your voice is but I'm just saying the barometer for uh, having a passable or a, a good or even in like a sort of welcoming or uh home feeling kind of voice to mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. it's made of something that cannot be known to its originator because right. you're emitting the frequencies and then so you're hearing them in your head some weird way and that's why everybody hates the sound of their own voice and is mortified and you're just trying to talk and get something across and yeah and, yeah. and, uh, you, know, and you hear all the mistakes and you hear what, what you haven't gotten across what you really wanted to hit yeah and then couldn't quite yeah yeah like you have no idea how much stuff i've already forgotten uh, just in the last 30 <laughs> seconds that I meant to do or say. So uh, real quick, I want to try to hit some of these. Um, and uh, it's probably only 93 degrees in here now, so I think it's getting better. I'm fine, actually. I'm, I'm okay. You're okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. I'm going to hit you with... Um, this is. Th- I thought this was a very interesting question, and I shall play it now. How has... Um the ubiquity of various social media platforms and the ever-changing landscape of new media changed the way you balance your private and personal life when it comes to working for WPLN. This is what people want to know. <laughs> this is what people want to know, Natasha. Um, but it, it probably the- doesn't. I, I'm, I am the worst tweeter in the world uh twitterist i'm I'm, yeah i'm a bad twitterist twitter fire um (laughs) i and since starting this job i've become like i'm not on instagram i am but i haven't used it in years yeah um and on facebook every once in a while i'll have spurts (laughs) put something it's made it what has changed is that I do have to, I do have to make sure that, in terms of politics, although I never really did before, um, but you know, if you work for public radio, you cannot state your politics publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that I'm putting out, I need to make sure that 
it doesn't have any kind of subjectivity. Which is probably really hard to do. Not saying like, because you're so natively biased and you have to somehow cover, cover that up. Yeah, I'm just saying the, like, just the smallest things can be perceived as a leaning when perhaps it's just a, a linguistic yeah. thing. Or, like or a, I mean, it's also what you're interested in might quote unquote give yeah, away. To yeah, their, yeah. So that has been. Um, and who'd you vote for? We didn't ask. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Vote. Everybody vote. That's <laughs> that the is main the important thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that drives me crazy about this country and just how few people vote. But that is, uh, that's another digression. Yeah. Um, well, it would be. Uh, I, I guess it, it hasn't, I don't necessarily accept, fa- when I was working in the film industry, it was easy to just meet somebody randomly and they, you know, they ask for your, your uh, quote unquote friendship on Facebook. You know, they just yeah. want to, um, I will not accept people unless I know them and know mm-hmm. them fairly well now. Yeah, because I had a couple of weird situations. Nothing. I mean, nothing yeah. really that bad or no, nothing really scary. But I just thought, okay, I don't necessarily. You know, people are only reaching out to me because of the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they can do that through other platforms. They can write to me if they want to. If they need to say something journalistically, you know, if they, yeah. if, if there's a professional question. Um. So in that sense, I've become a little more protective, but it hasn't really changed that much. I mean, people don't know what I look like for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not, you know, we have a lot of listeners here, but we don't, it's not like we have a million listeners in Nashville or, you know, in Middle Tennessee or in Tennessee. So it's it hasn't been that difficult. Though when, when somebody does follow me, like you started following me the other day, and I think you and I tweet a little bit, but but when I do see people follow me, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get much out of this. You're not, yeah. I'm really sorry. And yeah. A lot of it is I just don't have the time to do it. Although Jason, who has an even busier schedule in the morning, yeah. he does manage to be a, a, a much better Twitter fire than I am. Yeah. No, he's, he's entertaining mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter uh, whenever I've managed to catch anything because it's always these really interesting sort of... Uh, you know uh well i kind of blew this today you know or whatever (laughs) you know these kind of things uh or i I, I, here's what i I learned today (laughs) i don't know how he finds the time because i i have that thought and sometimes i'll start a tweet and then like oh something's happened and i have to get back to the board i have to get back you know like i need to get back to writing or it's like oh i'm I'm trying to craft this really witty thing like no i've now got three and a half minutes before i have to go back on air and i have to stop i have to finish this piece of copy that i'm going to be reading in three and a half minutes so yeah well there's probably any number there's probably any number of things that can go wrong even when you're just doing really normative within the lines things you could you could tweet something that's you know whatever some because it's funny how twitter like ruins people's lives now or whatever it's (laughs) just like what what, i think i think journalists should be a lot more wary of twitter than they are i mean i'm i'm always part of it is that also relationship that i have with it or the thoughts that i have it's like i how much do people really need to know what you think yeah you know like do your do your job and 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 i don't want to say promote the stories but you know the stories that we're doing or that that you're that one is doing and i don't mean just i don't mean pln i don't mean my colleagues i just mean the general we um you know get that out there especially if you're good and fast at it and have the time but i do see a lot of situations devolve very quickly into either spats or these weird kind of pseudo conversations yeah um and i don't know how informative that that is for people you know i don't know how much that's really doing to the profession do you think there's some people that are perhaps just concerned with 
as a sort of they think of themselves as a kind of brand first uh, above and beyond perhaps whatever entity that they represent or, or that they're working with or for or you know I think so. yeah I think that's a, that's yeah that's the that's the word isn't it um yeah and I think that's what is, I've never thought of myself or any entity I've worked for as a brand yeah well guess what you could just simply uh, make little key change that just are your voice <laughs> saying your name good afternoon yeah. <laughs> and you would make so much money that you would never have to work a day again in your life so I'm just uh, I'm not saying I oh, from your mouth to God's ears yeah yeah I'm, I, don't I mean you know just trust me <laughs> just trust me what could go wrong yeah <laughs> so no, but, you know I think a lot of that is that I was gone so I was out of the country for a long time I left in 97 came back in 2013 different world different world and I remember at one point I came back and I was telling somebody about a book idea that I had and they said well first you have to build your brand uh, and then yeah, you know yeah. and then I was like my what and they're mm. like I'm not Beyonce I'm not Jay-Z like I'm not a brand what are you talking about and it was it was then that I realized oh the advertisers won like marketers won you know that, we're, that we talk about ourselves in terms of ad, you know it's advertising speak made me really uncomfortable and I still am uncomfortable with it I still have a hard time and I really think it's because I was well part of it is I've always felt like an outsider of voice and been happy to be on the outside of things um to a degree but part of it really could have been just could be the fact that i was gone for those crucial years when that just kind of entered the bloodstream yeah and 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 it started entering the italian bloodstream about the time that i was leaving so Mm -hmm. i missed it there as well yeah they just say brand uh, brand. (laughs) yeah there's there's words that they don't have that they've taken and this happens in other languages but yeah. the one that i like two that i like the most are privacy <laughs> they don't have like they're, they're such a social people yeah. <laughs> and serial killer oh. <laughs> like, that's such an american thing <laughs> like i don't think other countries actually have a word their okay. own word for it so then the second edition of these keychains that i'm already envisioning <laughs> are going to be just you saying these kinds of things in italian no but well i i we are in a, a strange time that i feel like well i'm hoping it'll sort out or sort itself out or or something i think we're still toddlers with blinky lights just kind of uh going awol with all these sort of um ego tools or whatever you want to call them and they're very helpful and they're very despicable and they're very volatile and and we've you've heard this conversation and everybody's had this conversation a million times and you know you but you know you think about like what was it there was that one journalist that like she had tweeted something before she got on a plane. I forget who it was. Oh, I can't remember the story now. But it was like she tweeted something right before she got on a plane, and then when she landed, like three hours later, she had lost her job. The whole world had like blown up. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it was over for her. You know, and and it's just like God. You know, um, and that's the thing is that I also don't necessarily trust myself. Yeah. Um, I you know what listeners don't know is just how much of a mouth I have. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. Then, um. Uh, you, I, and and you also don't know what's going to be misconstrued. Yeah, everything. You know, I mean, everything can be misconstrued. And I mean, there's some things that are just blatantly offensive, and other things where you've said one thing, but you know, because the word has another meaning, or because somebody read it with another inflection and didn't read it the way that you'd written it, mm-hmm. it went from being ironic to being something that was you know dead serious. Yeah. And you know, and they took it a certain way, and then you have to sort of do all these backflips to to undo that, and and that becomes impossible. So when you so before WPLM were you were you sort of freelance? Um, I was just for the years that I was in New York before. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I was for a, a while, four or five years at that point. Um, 
uh, I had been working, uh, freelancing was my secondary gig. I was my last, my last steady job in Italy. I was the senior editor of this quadrilingual um, film portal called right. Cine Europa. And I was the editor of the English language part. Um, I was also, for a while, I was the Italy critic for The Hollywood Reporter. Um, I had, bef- and before that, sort of going backwards, I, uh, what did I do before Senior Europa? Um, I had been, I was assistant director of a film festival, the Pesaro Film Festival. I moved to Italy, this is going way back, I, I moved to Rome in um, yeah, a long time ago to be the Italy correspondent for this British trade magazine, which is, so you've got the Hollywood Reporter and Variety, which are the most famous ones, and then there's Screen International, which is sort of their their sibling, less known in the States. The RC Cola of... The RC... Well, no, I was <laughs> in the fine wine. And by the way, RC Cola is really good. <laughs> Underrated. Um, I uh, No, well, senior, uh, Screen International, because it's British, is also more Eurocentric and more international. I see. I see. Then, I mean, you know, the, the, the reporter and the Hollywood reporter and Variety are... They cover the world, but they are heavily Amerocentric. I mean, because they're American, you know, they're, they're U.S. trades. They, they have a lot of history. And... This is the country with one of the largest film industries in the world. After Bollywood and Nollywood in Nigeria, it's us. Wow. Um, but, you know, but the world isn't seeing Bollywood and Nollywood films the way that they're seeing Hollywood films. Yeah. So um, when you had that sort of run uh, all the way up to the point of, uh, of, of maybe perhaps all encompassing all f- sort of, uh, you know, full-time focus gig right you're like i'm sure you don't have a lot of time for side hustles or, or you know well no actually i did with that i was working from home um well, i'm but, talking about with wpln oh with wpln yeah no i uh, yeah. you know because before my side hustles would be i love translating i would translate screenplays i did some books of poetry like i you know and i i absolutely because i grew up bilingual even though i don't i can't translate i can't work in my mother tongue because i don't speak Croatian nearly as well as i speak italian much less english but um, yeah, because I was so little when I moved here and spoke it at home with my family. But and even that after a certain point, because the first few years, like a lot of immigrant kids, I just picked up English and would respond in English when my parents spoke to me in Serbian Croatian. Um, but I, yeah, I loved all the side hustles as well because I could just do, you know, I was like, oh, okay, for a couple hours I'm going to do this, yeah. I'm going to do that, and I was traveling a lot to film festivals, and I would travel into, you know, and I was. It, it, that is impossible. I mean, this this job is so steady. This job is, yeah. you know, I, it really is. My life before used to be kind of, in, you know, doled out in weeks and you know, in days. Yeah. And, and now it's seconds. It yeah, really so, is seconds. So w- when you took that on, right? Like, so I think about like a position I'm in. Like, I, I've I've been in all full on sort of freelance working for myself mode for years. You know, do, uh, doing music production or various things. And then um, I've also worked in technology companies and and done years long stints in those realms, um, and at least where I am now and the age where I am now and what's going on in life now, um, you know, I, I I left my technology job uh, about a year ago um, and have been always doing a million things on the side, even with a full time gig. So I didn't even have as nearly as sort of all encompassing of a. I mean, it was a lot. It was like eighty hours a week, but somehow I would still find time to do more things mm-hmm. right <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily like a, an issue uh usually um but yeah, i guess i just wonder about like when you got to the point where you're like okay uh i passed my audition or whatever and then now <laughs> i'm being chosen for this thing and then now i'm being 
I'm sitting down with, with some contracts and some pieces of paper that say this is how you are to conduct yourself in some manner or life or you are a representative representative of this there, well, there wasn't that much i mean it's it's not no i've heard about the rooms that they take you guys in <laughs> the I've clockwork heard about orange the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't even want to bring up the toothpicks uh <laughs> which is weird because it's radio <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, toothpicks for our ears <laughs> you will listen <laughs> uh, but, but but to be more uh in perspective here still like taking on a full-time job that is all like you're not gonna be able to do a bunch of other things mm-hmm. uh but of course this is an amazing opportunity and, it's, and you're making you know great things happen and you're doing a lot and you're growing and you're always getting better at your craft and you've already perfected your name and now you can brand it and sell it and all that stuff so <laughs> now that i know how to say it real well yeah i'm telling you this is so so i guess i'm just wondering like at that point of change um w- did you have any hesitation or was was it something you had to kind of really think about none at, none, none whatsoever yeah. i wanted to change i mean i had actually in that transitional phase as i was leaving rome i started working for this geopolitical magazine and i was a translator for them i was a contributing editor um, I was an editor as well, and I had already started shifting my focus and thinking, okay, I want to get into, again, quote unquote, hard news. You know, I'm, I'm more interested, like, let's see what else is out there. And when this opportunity came up, I mean, I didn't just come up, I mean, I, I pursued it and I was pretty dogged about it. Um, and truly, like I said, I mean, I spent a week dissecting their newscasts listening to WPLN's newscast and breaking them down and timing everything and timing each story. Wow. You know, I prepared for that, I think, better than I prepared, much better than when I was an actress or, you know, wanting to be, thinking about maybe wanting to be an actress and auditioning. Wow. Was a little more so disciplined. how did you measure it? Like, how did you, did you come up, this this kind of underpinning stuff I'm really interested in. Like, <laughs> did you come up with some weird rubric or did you come up with your own, because you, is there a system that you could, like, it seems like you probably had to invent your own way of analyzing it and then, parsing it out yeah i mean i to be able to when i think about it, it I, could, I could have done a little better research and actually looked up you know like <laughs> npr newscast right, i'm right. sure there's information out there <laughs> um well i really you know you start with obviously i mean, you know that you start with the biggest story you start with and and the way that i often what we call stack the newscast how i put you know the stories in order the, the one with the broadest impact and that usually tends to be the you know a political story or you know something that that the city council that metro council is doing something that's happened in the state legislature something that one of our congressional delegate members has done you know that that has some kind of significance nationally and then you work down and then you know the 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 end may be sports even though we don't do that well jason does sport (laughs) you know we have more sports because jason does a lot more than i do um or you know arts and entertainment you kind of you you work down to that and also the reporters are putting in spots and their and their work when it you build it kind of like a tetris uh. game um and it really it is a lot of time because you think okay this is this piece is 32 seconds long this thing from the reporter is a minute two and then you yeah. know i've got one that's 17 and one that's like does that come because some of my newscasts are two and a half minutes long some are two minutes and 12 seconds long so they really, and again, like I said, with that padding yeah. that you're trying to give yourself, and the ideal is 10 to 15 seconds for whether that never happened. Like, in the end, usually, it'll only be a few seconds, um, unless you've done the math horribly, and there's some moments where 
Yeah, I'm, what, just, like, I'm just so tired. I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, uh, I have 30 seconds left in this newscast. I'm bringing up music. <laughs> you know? like, or when I realize I have really undershot this and then the last one will be read really slowly. I'm, like, and I'm sure sometimes my managers are like, that's because I speak very quickly and I had to work on that a lot too to well, yeah, not speak so fast. Well, because I know that like in music, um, you know, you, if you play in a band or something, uh, you know, I played, I played drums for a long time and so obviously I was responsible for timekeeping and understanding and remembering and internalizing tempos and so you would do you know one of the hardest things about being a, a drummer uh, especially when you're younger uh and just full of you know wild energy is you have to internalize those tempos as you rehearse them and it's so hard to not like when you actually are playing the show and you're getting the feedback from the situation and the crowd and mm-hmm. the sound mm-hmm. and everything's happening it's so weird how you just cannot help but speed things up and it's not yeah. because you're nervous necessarily it's just because you're just really engaged and time has a different framework when there's pressure on a situation time has a different uh way of being perceived uh you know like i've mentioned this before but like uh like many many years ago i did this like intensive sort of skydiving training thing and this guy this military guy that trained me he said he said you know slow is fast when like right now you're able to count to five and then check your shoot in these practice runs that we're doing uh but when you are actually up there i'm telling you like you know you're gonna you're gonna just be like one two three four five and start looking for you know mm-hmm, an, mm-hmm. Uh, an issue with your parachute and it was exactly like that like as much as i even knew and i had all the governors set in my mind of you know do not like remember what he said you keep stay calm you're going to count way too fast and you're going to freak out and you're going to look up and start looking around so when you're under the compression of the moment right even if you're aware that that's the tendency or what you're not supposed to do it's still so hard and to there, do that. Yeah, yeah. There, there will be moments where i'm like oh that was nice and slow and i really started focus you know like okay i really really have to work on this and really slow down. I'm like, oh, that was a nice slow. I'm like, I yeah, got it. Yeah, I yeah. nailed it. And then I play it back. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that was so fast. Yeah. You know, I still. <laughs> it's frenetic. Yeah, like, you know, like I don't think anybody understood that name that I just said. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah Bryce is getting like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, like yeah. if you didn't know I was talking about you, you wouldn't have known. You know. Yeah. So now, does that now that you've worked so hard on this, and obviously you've become like one of the best experts in the world. Um, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, universe. I would universe. say. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, does that change how you, like because I know that like being a music producer and an engineer and a player I listen to music in a completely different way that I can't li- like I, I think about how I used to listen to music when I was a kid and how I could hear everything as an, an entirety and just this feeling and now it's it's after 30 years of this you know i it is impossible for my brain to process music and not hear it in architectural elements and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh analytical analytical not necessarily to the point of judgment about it or anything i just can't hear it as just a uniform uh thing that's just happening it's really hard for me to do that right i i feel that way about films i mean there are moments where it's still to this day I can't watch a movie just to watch a movie. If in a movie theater, if I'm like streaming something or, you know, I can kind of get lost in it to a point. And that was one of the reasons why I also left the film industry. I was tired of seeing the moving parts. I was tired of like, I just wanted like the reason I, when I was a kid for way too long, I mean, I don't I mean like until I was 15 or 16, but yeah. you know, until a fairly 
five, I don't, maybe five or six. So I thought movies were called movies because they moved people. Oh, uh, you know, I I'd love heard that. of like moving pictures. I, I knew that, but I, you know, I didn't. You know, they're your little kid brand. I didn't connect the two things. Movies were just. They, I loved film. I mean, oh, that I was that. that was. I went into it not because I wanted to be critical of it, but because I absolutely loved it. It was. It was. It's like it, an amusement ride. Yeah. <laughs> of, for feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so every once in a while now when I go see a movie and just some, and I get excited to see I'm like oh I love this feeling I haven't felt this in decades <laughs> you know? yeah. and when I listen to public radio now I hear all the moving parts I can and sometimes my heart goes out to people you know when I when I hear them mess up when I understand mm-hmm. what's what's gone wrong when uh, there was this new she was on for a little while I want to say a month or two ago I can't remember her name um She'd been doing, but she was a reporter for public radio and started doing newscasts. She'd sit in for Dwayne Brown or Cora Colvin or Coleman or one of the, yeah. and uh, she was so nervous, and it was really hard to listen to her because I've you know I'm I'm at the I stand at the mic right before I'm about to go on and I'm listening to them until I pull them down and you know pull up my mic and so, and I would just hear her and it would give me a small anxiety attack because she would take a breath almost uh. after every word and I was like oh my god just breathe just breathe and I could picture her and one time, while she was saying the newscast in the middle of the story she just said the word newscast <laughs> it's like playing a song and going concert yeah. <laughs> in the middle of it I like it where it was it was great but I could also I could see her face I imagined what she looked like where she was uh. just like why did I how did, you know your brain just it's ah uh, that's mortifying just you but, you but tell, it does make me ha- yeah. <laughs> it makes me happy I'm like sweating not just because it's hot in here <laughs> know, but just right? because oh my god that that was newscast <laughs> I mean well it's <laughs> weird like public speaking you know people are just weird I mean like my wife uh teaches and has classrooms full of kids uh all day all the time gets observed by administration you know all these things and has no problem but the thought of doing anything outside of that construct to speak in front of people is just dire just tragic mortifying and i I don't understand it i understand but i sort of i guess what she because you know i've done some speaking things and she's like why don't she said you're just really not nervous and i'm like well and i hate to say this but it's sort of like i'm so incredibly apathetic at this point <laughs> about sort of almost everything <laughs> that, like, like, what, like, like yeah whatever this too shall pass like we're yeah, <laughs> this well, is another just, thing we're doing yeah i mean what it's it, that's that's the thing for me is i just go what is the absolute worst possible scenario outcome of whatever it is that you could screw up or do whatever like I'm not worried about people perceiving me as sort of like you know not having my shit together or not having mm-hmm, fully prepared mm-hmm. or whatever because that's okay like you caught me or, or you know start off the presentation just it's an invitation to be more transparent that way and be like you know what I didn't really prepare for this I'm gonna wing this you know here we go yeah, yeah here we go and thanks for you know uh, tolerating you know whatever you know uh but I, I just don't feel I feel like people have this um, uh, they they want to be perfect and they want to be flawless and they want to you know everything's like a figure skating in the Olympics kind of pressure even for the most mundane things and I think people should just be like you know what like I screwed up whatever who cares I have to say that this job 
cured me of that. Oddly enough, I mean, this is the most stressful job I've ever had. I've never, you know, had to perform as a journalist at this level in terms of it really is, like you said, it's performative. There is delivery. And if I screw something up, and like I said, I've, I've you know, <laughs> there have been gaffes that have just been ridiculous where there was one where I thought, oh my God, I think I'm having a stroke on air. Like, I think I'm having a stroke and I think people are listening to me <laughs> like some synapse. <laughs> something just broke in my head. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, or, um, but I would, you know, I call myself down after a while because I would want to be perfect. And I'm like, you know, A, it's impossible. Because what I think might be just the perfect newscast or the perfect feature that I've recorded, someone else is going to listen to me like, no, too fast, too slow, too this, too that, not enough this, not enough. And also, if I do mess up, live on air nobody dies that's right you know i mean unless i say something really bad and the fcc finds us you know right. <laughs> like everybody in your car turn left yeah <laughs> like, <I'm> not, <laughs> you know but i really feel like i'm not i'm not a brain surgeon yeah you know i'm <clears throat> i'm not the person i'm not you know putting in the nuclear codes or just doing like a test run <laughs> or you know like like in hawaii that you know that scare that yeah, happened yeah. Yeah. a year or year and a half ago like n- nothing it, it, stakes are low. Yeah, the the sta- I mean, there's, there's, the stakes are high and low at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and if I make a mistake, we do a correction. And I mean, we are we are you know we strive for accuracy. The so the mistakes high, yeah. are going to be. So the stakes are very high on the one hand. In your practice. But they're physically. They're you know uh, yeah. in the real world they're actually low in in terms of so many other jobs in terms of so many other things that people do where truly if they screw up something really really bad happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 this, you know, most people would be absolutely, if they were you for a day, it would be the most mortifying uh, uh, experience they could possibly have as human beings. I have beings, a friend you know? who's an attorney, who is an attorney and a former judge, and she was telling me that she's like, I could never do what you do. I would die of stress, like, you're a judge. Like, yeah, I could yeah. never do what you do. I, don't, I couldn't sit there. You're like, if I get the law wrong, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, if I've like, if I've said somebody's getting facing eight years and they're really facing two years, nothing. Yeah. Yet, but if you send somebody up for eight years when they really should have gotten two years or not uh, at all, or they were innocent, like, I wonder if judges are sitting around having podcasts about judge gaffes. <laughs> like, you know what I did when I was first starting out. <laughs> I sent this guy. What do we call it? Up the river. <laughs> yes. I actually said it. I was thinking it. I didn't realize I said it, but I said it. Out loud. I said it out loud. Well, um, so I'm going to play one more question because uh, it is sort of a, a topic, I think, that is interesting. And then uh, and then we'll start to wrap this up. But uh, um, here we go. This is, um, you know, about uh, the, the struggles of being a, a woman in media, perhaps. Hmm. All right. This question is for Natasha. I just was wondering what sort of challenges, if any, you have faced uh, as a female working in media or journalism or anything like that, and what sort of advice you have for females using media or journalism as their platform. You got the idea. That's a really good question. Um, I wish I had pearls of wisdom at the ready. <laughs> yeah. What challenges I faced? Well, being a journalist in Italy was definitely that's it's both a more sexist and less sexist country than America. So I know what you mean. Um, 
I don't know what you mean, but I know what you mean. <laughs> like, really? You did? <laughs> On the record, <laughs> I don't know anything. Um, you know, I think about that a lot, and I, I don't know of any instances. I, I, I'm not really sure how to answer that. Because I don't know what my life would have been like if I had done everything I'd done as a man. There were definitely moments where I was treated as less than. There were definitely moments that I was belittled. And like I said, and in Italy, there were definitely moments that people made inappropriate comments that I had to fight back on. And I, or I would see that, you know, that a certain person might be more promote, you know, might be promoted more easily. But I don't feel like there were positions that I went for that then some man who was less qualified than me got directly so and again you know and I'm not doing TV news now so I don't have to dress in a certain way compared to a male counterpart um, you know where the man has on a three-piece suit basically and the woman is wearing a sleeveless dress yeah um, you know and and it's a very and has a very different look I think it was um, Joe Rogan who I don't not to plug Joe Rogan, but uh, said, you know, watching, I think he was talking about Megan Kelly or something, that she's in a different climate than, like, her male counterpart, just because of how she's truly, like, the, the amount of clothing that the two people have, and I liked that, how he put that. I was like, yeah, that's... Um, different climate as in, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, truly, <laughs> truly you know, something like in a, in a short dress with bare arms as opposed to a man with a... Yeah. You know, a shirt, tie, and One's blazer. in Minnesota, one's in California. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. and they're sitting next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> and they're... Um, and advice to young women um, don't don't ever think you're not going to get something I never assumed I was not going to get something because I was a woman which I mean that sounds sort of smurfish and la 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 you know like but I just assumed if I want this I'm going to go after it not that I got everything that I wanted um then again, I mean, it's hard to answer this because I'm also a white woman. Yeah. You know? I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's in some ways it's easy for me to say that. Newsflash, Natasha News flash. is a white woman. <laughs> Somebody from the Balkans is white. <laughs> 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 you know? like, somebody asked me if I want to do 23andMe. I was like, I've got a family tree. Literally, I have it, in, you know, that dates back 500 years. Like, yeah, yeah. I. There might be something else in there, but we are. Like, I'm not putting my DNA on the grid either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I know who I am. If I'm not twittering, <laughs> if I'm not tweet fine, I'm not doing that either. But um, but, but yeah, so so you, you're saying that. I, I, th- I mean, it's it's both. It's a great question, and I think it's a really hard question to answer because I also know that I walk through this world with a lot of privilege. Mm. You know, I feel like I'm the second most privileged person on the planet as a white heterosexual middle-class female mm-hmm. um newsflash <laughs> newsflash <Yes. laughs> breaking <laughs> second only to you as a white middle-class heterosexual male another newsflash um uh not that i want to make too many presumptions about you know but yeah. um but yeah i and i'm also extremely lucky in public radio i believe somebody once said one of the somebody came from the mothership from NPR to do diversity training um, at PLN a couple of years ago. And I believe they said there are, there are more female producers. I think it's 70, 30 or like that hmm. at, in public radio. It's very white, but it is very female. Well, without, um, without getting into like the whole sort of can of worms that this, yeah, this I mean, can I be, I mean, like, I, you know, I think that 
what I've learned more than anything in this conversation about what you do and what your gifts are is, and you've said it in literal terms many times in this conversation, but really it's a broader thing, but you, you say that you're a translator and that's, you know, you are sort of a, a node or sort of a point that which things pass through and then uh, get sorted or and then sort mm-hmm. of emanated in a way and and whether that's literally translating like in terms of language and things that you've done in, in, in that line or whether it's taking a story and providing it with context and rhythm and cadence and uh, this incredible voice that people just cannot get enough <laughs> of what if I'd invented my name? What if I was just Nancy Smith? Right, yeah. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, we're not, I'm not doing 23andMe. I've got a family tree. Don't worry. I've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's right over here on notebook paper. Yeah, but, but ultimately, I, I think what's really cool is that I, I think that you are a, a translator, but that is in, in this really broad, interesting context so like the idea to initially talk to you is like oh you are a radio person public news radio what you know great that's awesome that's really cool and that's made of a lot of technical challenges and interesting ways of practices and doing things and whatever but i think that what's interesting to to learn about you the most is that yeah you're you're a person that um has a innate ability to take input and create output that is an improvement or a synthesis or a redirection that is beneficial to the world in some way big or small thank you and that's a cool like i I like that you know um so i'm gonna stick with it but (laughs) i like the idea what you said about being a translator i mean i feel because i grew up you know i was born in one culture grew up in another yeah i feel like i've always sort of been translating I've always lived in this world of simultaneous translation. Yeah. And it isn't necessarily even a linguistic thing. That was a part of it. Like I said, I, mean, I grew up bilingual, but not fully bilingual. I mean, I, I am fluent in Italian. I'm not, like I said, fluent in my mother tongue. But I also grew up, you know, I came from what is by American standards, a poor country, even though we were, we did, or even there, my mother came from a dirt poor family. My father came, you know, my grandfather was a politician on that side so there were these two poles and then I moved here which was a, you know a, a wealthier much wealthier country so there's always there always have been these two realities that I've always wanted to inform the other side yeah and and yeah and I, I okay I'm gonna run with that too the translator well, idea but, I like but that even at the, well, and, you have the and then there was a third country and then there was a third sort of yeah. simultaneous translation and also the sense of passing uh, I know Emily Siner in her Movers and Thinkers uh, show in the mm-hmm. podcast, she had on, unfortunately uh, I wasn't there, but she actually had a uh, an episode dedicated to on translators and interpreters. And this one la, Latin, Latino guy who was talking about how he passes. And, you know, because he had, he can, you know, he grew up speaking Spanish, he can, but then he has this sort of outside, and, and I know a lot of African-Americans say that, you know, what Dave Chappelle would say, like, the interview voice, yeah, <laughs> you know, your, yeah, yeah. your outside presentation of yourself. And I have done the same thing, even though, you know, I mean, it, it, it might sound funny because my culture is not that, that different. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, as it, outwardly, it's not as different. Um, but there was always this thing. It's like I'm not one of you. I yeah. am, but I'm not. And I, you know, and maybe that's just I was genetically born kind of an outsider. To, to, and well, yeah, to be an outsider, uh, but to say I, I'm not you, 
but I understand you. Yeah. And so therefore, me being on the outside, but understanding perhaps those on the inside, I can relay concepts or right because here's here yeah. these other people here's the opposite of you or here's something <laughs> yeah. and let me try and bring them closer to you and let me try and bring you closer to them and sometimes I because you know I was a critic I can be very critical <laughs> and very sort yeah. of grumpy about things sometimes so sometimes it is this well but other people do it this way it's like yeah well I'm not other people or we're not you know we're not another country or what it, yeah so it you know it, it's a double-edged sword sometimes but but it I feel like it has given me a perspective on things that I wouldn't trade for the world. So I think that that is a really good place to sort of start wrapping this up here. And I want to say before, before, um, here's the thing. I know that you're not going to, you're not going to do this on your own. So I'm going to have to do it (laughs) for you uh, or for us. Uh, We can do this as a joint venture. Um, But if you uh, could just do us all a favor and just say your name one more time <laughs> can you just say your name one more time please okay. Jason Moon Wilkins <laughs> <laughs> good enough all right I won't all right I won't kill you I'm sorry if you so, want me to do it, I will do it you will uh-huh. okay okay good evening I'm Natasha Sinyanovich. that's not the same all right uh, and I can't do it without the good afternoon I was uh-huh. actually all right, and then the, I'll shut up. But I was walking. Good afternoon has to be. No, I was walking with my boyfriend at Radnor Lake a couple of months ago, and somebody walked by us and said good afternoon, which nobody ever says, right? They say hi, like on a trailer. Hey, hi, good evening, or hello. Or, oh, you're not, you didn't. And this person said good afternoon, and without that, I was like, good afternoon. I'm not. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I think I said it really low because they look like they might have been listeners. I thought, <laughs> like I that thought would have been horrifying. I'm like, and let me tell you who I am <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. I thought I thought that you were gonna say even worse that like the person said good afternoon and that your first response was. I'm Natasha Sinyanovich. <laughs> I'm Natasha Sinyanovich. Not even the, <laughs> repeating the good afternoon part, just like this is just. You no, don't... I just said good. If they had just, if I hadn't done that, because it's such a, you know, that is my, that's how I start every newscast. Good afternoon. I'm Natasha. So I can't say good afternoon without. You can't get married and take somebody else's name. I never would anyway. Exactly. And plus, it, it's not, it's something that America has kind of held on to, but Europe. Yeah, to well, LA, like, we saw kinda... these weird uh, things where, you know. That's another topic for another time. <laughs> uh, I t- all right, so I'm going to be back for episodes 51 through 55, so we'll solve all the world's problems. Yes. <laughs> well, but do promise that you will you will come back. Um, Anytime. And, uh, and I'm sorry that Joe had to split early. Uh, he, he usually makes it pretty interesting, too. Um, but I was glad he was able to spend the time he was. So thanks, everybody, Me for too. listening, and thank you for being here so much. Thank you for the so questions, much. also, listeners. Thank you. Yeah. And... Um, don't worry guys I'm on this we are gonna get some uh, Natasha little voice electronic voice sampler boxes here uh, soon enough and I'll work out the licensing with you you don't have to be a part of it directly um, but I will need to do a caricature you say of your that, face and then I'm gonna see yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like a little white plastic box with a caricature sort of outline of your face and it'll be very becoming <laughs> thank you <laughs> alright take it easy everybody thanks bye
Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.